following message was recorded at River City Church. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 5, from verse 43 to verse 48, okay? And it begins, and this is the words of Jesus. It says, You have heard, he said, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbors and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Can anybody say amen? amen. <laughs> that you may be the sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Look at that first verse again, verse 43. You have heard it said, but I say to you, <laughs> that's been our experience over the last 10 years for years we lived on other people's opinions of the father you have heard it said that he's like this says like that but i say to you now that's your privilege and gifting as a child of god my sheep hear my voice my sheep hear my voice i don't care how many years you've been in church i don't care how many times you've been told what the father's like let nobody take this gift from you you can hear yourself you have heard it said, but I say to you. And that's our experience. I'm looking across people here, and I know your lives have been transformed because you've heard yourself, John Campbell, isn't that right? You've heard yourself. You need no man to tell you. You know yourself. And the things he says to you are very unique. Although he gives the same revelation of the Father, he gives us all and speaks to each of us in a way that's special to us because he knows what we've been through. I know that uh, recently... When I've been speaking, things have been coming out that I never planned to say. And I recognize why that is. It's because the spirit in you has been asking questions, you know. And so when you come into a gathering, God gives the answer in the word. God gives the answer. Do you know what that means? It means that if you're missing, if you're not here, the answer doesn't come forth. Because God really wants to feed you. He'll find another way to do it, you know. But what I'm saying is, even when you come here, even if you never say a word, your presence here has an effect on the meeting. You draw things. We draw things out of each other all the time, you know. This morning as we were worshiping together, iron sharpens iron sisters. Isn't that right? Praise God. And so the Spirit of God was just drawing things out of each other, which is a beautiful thing. So here, Jesus said, you've heard it said, but I say to you, praise God. And look what he's saying. Look at what the Father's like. Look what he does. He blesses those who curse him. He does good to those who hate him. He makes the rain to fall on the evil as well as the good. You know what he's saying? Listen to me. This is what the Father's like. You have heard it said, but I say to you, listen to me. This is what he's like. He doesn't give to people on the basis of their behavior. He gives because he's a good father. Do you understand? He doesn't give to you on the basis of you and what you have done, he gives to you on the basis of who he is. That's really good news, praise God. Because, you know, when you've had the worst week of your life, it doesn't change the way he gives, you know. It might change the way you receive, because you may disqualify yourself in your mind. 
You may say, oh, no, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go forward today. I'm not going to open my hands. I'm not, I'm not even going to raise my, my head to my father, you know. It's like two different views of the father. One view says, oh, my God, I've sinned. I better run from the father. The other view says, oh, my God, I've sinned. I better speak to my father. <laughs> I need to speak to my father. You see? And that's what Jesus did. He said, listen to me. You have heard it said, but I say to you, look what he's like. He is a father who gives to people without expecting anything back. So you be as your father is. If you know what he's like, you'll be as he is. That's what Paul said to the Colossians. Stop looking at the earthly realm. Stop listening to people in the world about what the father's like. Lift up your eyes. See by the spirit. You died and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. That is how good he is. And when he appears, you shall be just like him. For Christ is your life. That's how he is. That's how good he is. See him as he is and you will be as he is. So see him that perfect and you will be perfect. So that perfection there is defined as contentment. God is a good giver. He's content to give, not because of what we've done, but because of who he is. And perfection is defined in terms of our hearts being content, not grasping for life. So I want to speak this morning about this revelation that the Father gives us that allows us to rise, and we sang that this morning about rising, to rising from trying to become someone to being someone. That's a beautiful shift. I tried to become somebody for years. I tried to become a holy person. I tried to become a Christian. If you're trying to become a Christian, that's a confession of unbelief. You don't become a Christian by trying. <laughs> it's not your new behavior that defines you. It's your new birth. You're a believer because you're born of the Spirit. Not, not, you, that's what Paul said to the Galatians. What are you doing uh, trying to add to the work of the Spirit? It's the Spirit from beginning to end. You are who you are by the grace of God. Praise God. Let nobody dissuade you of that. You see, when people talk to you after the Spirit, or after the flesh rather, and begin to try and tell you, you know what? You, you could be even better. You could become an even better Christian by doing this, 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 and this. All they're doing is taking you out of your mind, your right mind, the mind of Christ. And I'm going to show you today the reason for that is because Christ never tried to become anyone. That's why he had such authority, everything he spoke. People could say, my God, this man speaks with great authority. Why is that? He wasn't trying to become somebody. He knew who he was. He was simply being. He was simply being. And that's what happens in our lives. You can simply be today a child of God. In all of your problems, in all of the wreckage of the lives, you can be. You can be. You can be set free to be. Praise God. And that's just the most powerful thing. Listen to this scripture from James 1 verse 27. Pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Would you like to hear? To visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Now, what a strange scripture. Why is visiting the fatherless and the widows the most beautiful, pure manifestation of what God sees as pure religion? Because they can't give you anything. You're giving to people who can give nothing back. And that's why it's written there, this is what he's like. You want to know what he's like? He gives to those who can give nothing back. Praise the Lord. That's when he found us, we could do nothing about our situation. He found us and we were dead in our sins and raised us up. He gives to those who give nothing back. You want to be like your father? Give to those who give nothing back. You want to worship as you worship in heaven? Never worship to try and attract the presence of God. Worship from the presence of God. Never worship to move God. God moved. He moved to you. Worship from there. You know when people worship in heaven and heaven, they're not worshiping in heaven to attract the presence of God. The presence of God is their life. Isn't that beautiful? So all worship is thanksgiving 
for all eternity will be us standing amazed going, oh Lord, this is so good, so good. And here's the beautiful thing. You don't have to wait to that day. You can live there today. It's so beautiful. A servant, you see, earns his living by serving. A son does not. And so to mature in Christ is to grow up from servanthood to sonship. Now, of course, sons serve, but they don't serve to earn, do they? Praise God. They're serving because they know who they are. A son is not grasping to earn what his father has because a son doesn't have to grasp for what is already his. Did you catch that? You don't have to grasp for what is already yours. That's the song of the Holy Spirit whispering in your voice, in your mind today, already yours, already yours, already yours, already yours. yours. That's your defense against the lies of the enemy. Sons don't have to earn their way into the Father's favor. As the Father said to the elder son, and we put it up every Sunday in church, the first thing you see when you come through that door, don't you know everything I have is yours? And you're always with me. You start there. You start there. Religion will have you starting down here somewhere and you're working your way to some. No, no. That man died. You start here. Your life starts in the heavenly realm. You were born from above. As you received him, so walk in him. Walk in the heavenly realm. Walk in the light. That's what we were singing yesterday. Amen? So that's why we're, we're saying these things to each other. This great and glorious gospel that almost sounds blasphemous is too good to be true. But what it'll do, it'll offend the old man out of you. Because there's nothing you can do, praise God, to grasp for life. God has given you life. So grasping, it just says of Jesus, he did not think equality with God was something to be grasped. He knew who he was, praise God. Jesus never grasped for life. John 13 tells us why. Remember the Last Supper, it says Jesus, knowing where he had come from, knowing where he was going, and knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, he took a towel and he started to wash dirty feet. Praise God. Because he was just being who he was. Other people in the room didn't want to do that because they thought, no, I don't want people to think I'm a servant. I'm better than that. You know what? When you know who you are, you won't have to prove yourself all the time. You know, I met much of my Christian life, I was trying to prove something to myself, to other people, to God. You have nothing to prove. You have been approved. Amen. Turn to the person beside you and say, I've been approved. Praise God. Praise God. So that's why we determined to, as it were, preach nothing, as it were, every Sunday, but the riches of Christ, uh, and to speak to you as sons of God, sons of God, because speaking to you as anything else does you no good. You know, and I, I know I've said this so often, but to me it's so profound and so powerful. Um, you know, when, when we were all very, very small, six or seven or eight months of age, you know, we behaved like dogs. We would have ate our dinner off the floor. We would have done our business on the floor. Your parents never, ever spoke to you as a dog. Never. They spoke to you as their precious child. And because you heard that and heard that and heard that and heard that, by the age of seven, you were absolutely persuaded that you were who they said you were. And you just were able to be who they said you were. Because they never spoke to you as a dog. And so no matter how difficult things are, no matter how poor your performance, nobody should stand here and speak to children of God as if they're dogs. So Paul wrote to the Galatians about the people who were trying to bring them back into the flesh, those dogs. <laughs> you know, that's not who you are. You're a child of God, John Conway. You're a son of God, praise the Lord. And God's way of changing you isn't to try and say, well, listen, if you keep doing this, if you keep doing holy things, one day you'll be a holy person. No, here's his way of changing you. He declares who you are. 
And by the power of that declaration, you find yourself amazingly believing it. Because faith comes by? Yesterday we had a wonderful message from Pastor Paul McMath about Gideon, how the Lord came and found that man at his worst down a hole in the ground, uh, really acting like a coward and said, Behold, mighty warrior, whom the Lord is worth. And Gideon couldn't take that and said to the Lord, Have you not seen me? Do you not see where I am? Do you not see what's happened? Do you not see I'm the least in my family? Do you not see the situation? I've been robbed, robbed and robbed. Don't you see? And God says, No, I see, all right. Mighty warrior, whom the Lord is with. It's your time to see. And that's what the Holy Spirit saying to the church right now. Church, it's your time to see. Amen. And by the power of the gospel of grace, your eyes will open to see that you always had all. I've always given everything I had to you and my son. And when you see that, you cannot be the same person. Praise God. You can be whom God declares you to be. A son of God. A son of God. A child of God. Oh, when we are persuaded of that, you will be full of patience. You will be full of love. It's the most easiest thing in the world. You know, no person here put any effort into trying to be themselves this morning. You just put on your clothes, combed your hair, and you came to church as you were. And the people who did that most effortlessly were the children. And the people who struggled most to do it at all were the self-conscious. And that's what sin consciousness does. It, it makes you so aware of what you perceive to be your own nakedness. You just want to hide behind lots of fig leaves of religion. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he just deals with that. And he says, no, I'm your covering. I'm your clothing. I declare who you are. You're not naked in shame before me. You're a son of God. Lift it up. Praise God. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the gospel does. Praise God. That's why it's so important that we hold up before you what God is speaking of, his sufficiency of, his, of Christ in all things, so that you're not left waiting for a better day, not left becoming someone, but declared to be someone. And so the gospel preached in the power of the Spirit tells you who you are, not who you could be if you lived long enough, holy enough. Tells you who you are. Tells you who you are. Jesus told people who they were. When he spoke to people, their condition no longer defined them because he had spoken. So for the cripple, he said, get up and walk. And they walked. To the dead, he said, you're not dead. Get up and eat something. And they get up and eat. Because his word is more powerful than your condition. Amen. Isn't this beautiful? Amen. His word is more powerful than your condition. Amen. Now, if you want to draw back from that, ah, yeah, but you don't know what I've been through. That's pride. You're still on a life. You still want to hold. You're, you think you're going to gain some credit by what you've suffered? Come on. The real suffering is to let that old man go and stand in who God declares you to be. You have everything you need today. You have everything you need today. And when you come into that revelation, it frees you from yourself. Frees you from yourself. And then we find that our ministry becomes pure and undefiled because it's not about us. It's not about us. It's not about what we're going to do for God. It's not about what we have done. It's all about him. Praise God. Isn't that right, Danny? It's all about him. Praise God. You know, when we began to get a revelation of the finished work of Christ and began to see these things, uh, myself and Nicola, actually, we went through all the worship choruses and we had to dump about a third of them. Because sons of God shouldn't sing things like that. Sons of God should not speak as if we're trying to move God to do something more. And see, what comes on the screen here is very important because you're here worshiping and you're imbibing these words. And these words are the truth. So you want to hold before you what's the truth. Want, a whole, want, a, want these choruses to speak of who you now are because of Christ, not who you could be if you kept going to church or sang better. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. He's not asking me to sing better. 
So we, we did. We, we threw out a lot of courses, you know. And, and I was blessed, actually, as we were going through other churches uh, to see that other people are beginning to do the same. It's a beautiful thing, you know. See, men could sing those words, begging God to give us more, for earthly vision can't see past the lack. But heavenly vision can't see past the provision, the enormity of what's already been given in Christ, the life that surpasses death and sickness, the life of a son of God. So mere men can sing choruses pleading with God to send his spirit, but sons of God cannot, because the life we have been given, the life of Christ, is the life that sings from the jail cell as if it's already free. Praise the Lord. It's a life that sings from sickness as if it's already healed. It's a life that sings from barrenness as if it's already fruitful. Come on, sing, O barren woman, you who never bore a child, for many more are your children than the children of the married woman. You see, it's a supernatural song. It makes no sense. It's an offense to the natural mind. Praise God. And that's why it changes the heart. Because only a supernatural song can change the heart. Praise God. At the sound of that song... Singing from your mouth at the sound of your victory, your thanksgiving on your worst day. People around you hearing that song, doors will open in their hearts. The biggest prison in the world is the unbelieving heart. A door in that prison will open when people see you standing in all the shattered dreams and singing, praise the Lord. Like Paul and Silas in that jail that night singing, I have everything I need I don't take what the world's doing to me as who I am. I know who I am. So as we were going around the churches recently, you know, we, we saw people begin to change words. I, I loved it. We, we were in one church and they were singing this song, which we used to sing years ago. We're actually trying. Well, what we're singing, I mean, see, all songs are mixed. And you know what? I'm mixed. We're all got a wee bit of mixture in us. We're being unleavened, you know? We're going from glory to glory. I believe and I trust that in a year's time, I'm going to be believing things by the grace of God that I don't have the capacity to believe today. And I trust the same for you. I trust that your faith uh, that has been placed on you by the Word of God is growing. That's why Jesus said faith is like a seed. You see, it grows. Uh, and, And He puts it there and He waters it. God gives the increase. And the watering comes through the Word. So I just thank God. So we used to sing this song, and it was, um, Remember your people, remember your children, remember your... And we're telling God to remember. I mean, sometimes I look back and think, what are we thinking of, you know? (laughs) We're trying to tell him who has forgotten our sins and has never forgotten us, and we're trying to tell him to remember. So we we were at a church recently, and they had changed it. They had simply put the word you in before remember. And now what was a plea had come to be a declaration. You remember your children. You remember your promises. You remember your people. Yes. Now that's preaching after the cross. Praise God. That's the new covenant. It's a beautiful thing, you know. It was another church and we sang a line where it says, You will call my name and I will enter my rest. But the line in it really referred to the day we die. You know, well, on that day, you know, one day he's going to call my name, I'll enter my rest. And I really felt the Holy Spirit said, tell them, you don't have to wait to that day to enter your rest. You can hear him call your name today. But the name he's going to call you is going to be valiant warrior, mighty warrior whom the Lord is with. He's not going to speak to you after your record like everybody else will speak to you. So get around people who are filled with the Holy Spirit and then you can enter your rest. Because this world will give you no rest. No rest. You'll be measured from top to bottom. You'll never feel you've arrived, John. 
You'll never feel you've arrived. There's always something else you have to do. When people met Jesus, they were absolutely transformed because what they got from him was total satisfaction. Do you know that moment that the cock crowed three times, Jesus looked directly at Peter and Peter burst into tears. Do you know why? Because Jesus looked at him with a look of peace. Absolute peace. Because nothing Peter did had surprised him. He told him he was going to do it, didn't he? So how could he look at him with a look of consternation or impatience, you know? Sometimes you hear people, they prophesy almost like, oh, the old covenants, God's telling you, get your act together. God is not telling you to get your act together. (laughs) Okay. You died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Get around people filled with the Holy Spirit. Hear who you are in Christ, that you may be. Because God's way of transforming you is never for you to do, 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 and one day be. He says, behold, behold Christ. Look in the mirror and see that your life is now his life. That's what a mirror does. What does a mirror do? It reflects your image. Praise God. Look in the mirror. See who you are and you'll be transformed. It's amazing coming in on a Sunday morning into a place of worship, you know. And all week, maybe there's been a little voice in your head. You're useless, you're useless, you're useless, you're useless. And you get into, this, get into the spirit of God and God saying, Oh, valiant warrior, praise God. It's on a different level. It's on a different level. Why does he keep saying that? Because you're not a dog. You're not a dog. You're not defined by what you do. You're a child of God. Why do I keep saying this? Faith comes by hearing. Why do I keep preaching this? Because I need to hear it. Why do I need to hear it? Because I'm not hearing it out there. Not even hearing it out there in the church, by and large. So we stand fast in the liberty for which Christ has set us free. And we look into that perfect law of liberty, praise God, to be transformed from glory to glory. You have been set free from yourself. You have been set free from performance, set free from the law, praise God. Why? Well, so that we could dance through this world. Praise God. That we could shine, that we could smile, that we could laugh. That people would see, my God, what are you on? (laughs) Does the word not need a little bit of light? He makes the light to shine in the darkness. You're not people who are waiting for the darkness to go by. The whole world's waiting for the darkness to go by. They're waiting for the recession to go by, waiting for the war to go by. Listen, the word is going to be the world. Shine in the darkness. That's what we're called to do, isn't it? Shine in the darkness. Praise God. Carol, you're shining in the darkness. Woo! Anybody else here shining in the darkness? Come on, put your hand up if you're shining in the darkness. Come on, praise God. Praise God. From the youngest to the oldest, by the grace of God. Praise God. It's beautiful. Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. So I used to read that thinking, oh my God, I need to be perfect. I need to be perfect. I need to be perfect. And I completely missed out the words, your Father. Your Father. If he's your father, you don't have to try his spirit in you. That's what Jesus said to the prophet Ezekiel. I am going to wash you. I am going to give you a new heart. I am going to put my spirit within you. I am going to transform you. I, I, I. There's nothing left for the eye to do. You know why the gospel of grace is so offensive? There's nothing left for the eye to do. And if there's nothing left for the eye to do, there's no room for pride. There's no room for division. There's no room for comparison. Woohoo! Praise the Lord! Woo! This is such a good gospel. You know, I love this gospel because my heart has always been to see the church come together, to see union in the church, you know, to see barriers broken down. And, and that's, what bring, that's what happens to you when you miss. I, I'm coming across people who have got a revelation of this, and, and they're in all sorts of different churches. There's Baptists, 
with the revelation of the finished work. Presbyterians, Catholics, uh, Pentecostals, all sorts, you know. And when you come up alongside people with the spirits of revelation who know who they are and have the mind of Christ, you're one mind. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He's going to bring us into one mind, one Lord, one faith, one body. Is that right, Rosanne? Praise the Lord. That's what he's doing, you know. And you help me to grow in that. And my life helps you to grow in that. So we grow together. And that says, well, we grow together because we're being taught that I don't have an eye life anymore. It's a body. It's a body. So the provision you need for this week is in this room. It's in the body, you know. Somebody's got a word for you, even afterwards, tea and coffee, you know. Uh, it's wonderful Hannah shared that word this morning. That, that's Take that. Eat it. You need to eat that. I said to you recently, I think, that uh, with my mother, and I told her the same last night when she's really low, you know, and she doesn't even know who she is. I give her the prophetic word that she got 30 years ago. 30 years ago, she got a prophetic word. We had a meeting in the Calgar Center, and a woman from America came over. Her name was Barbara Steely, and she said, I have a word for your mother. Can I give it to her? Yes, please. Well, the Lord says to you, he thinks you're a great mum. Those words went right into the heart of her. And if that's what the Lord's saying to you, if that's what the Lord's saying to her, that tells me that she had been believing something else. <laughs> and when I tell her those words now, no matter how low she is, her eyes light up. Spirit witnesses with her spirit. You are a great mum. You are a great mum. You know? Even though you're lying here and you've got nothing. You are a great mum. Praise God. Can you take that word, mothers, this morning? Can you take that word? Whenever I hear a prophetic word to somebody, I steal it. I take it. Because I believe we're one body, you know? So I, I don't sit there jealous going, I never got a word. I take it. That's for me too. Come on. It's for me too. We're one body, aren't we? Where one is blessed, we're all blessed. Praise God. I don't know where I am in this message now. I really don't know. Okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me finish by saying this. To grow up in Christ is to grow out of becoming and to grow into being. Okay? Grow out of becoming, grow into being. To be content. You will never be content until you see your father's contentment over you. You know, I, I, became, a, I became a vet because I wanted my father's approval. It took me years to try and unravel that thinking in my mind that maybe I'd done this for the wrong reason, you know, looking for approval the whole time. Only knowing your father's approval brings your heart into rest, you know, and, and the Lord right the way across the world right now through the preaching of the gospel of the finished work is bringing the church into rest because the church is so self-conscious, so sin-conscious, so earthly-minded that really she's not seeing the generosity of the father and how content and at peace he is, you know. And so to bring that into this world, to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth, we have to live from the kingdom of heaven. We have to live from that place that it's all finished. In heaven today, nobody's concerned or worried or anxious concerning what's going to happen next. They have a total revelation that all is well, because what Christ did is enough. When the angels came, the day Jesus was born, they said, rejoice, whole world rejoice. This is good news of mega joy for every person alive because what he has done, he's doing and is doing for every person. God has fixed everything. Now, in heaven, there is everything fixed. Would you agree with me? Yes. Can you remember what Jesus told us to pray then? Let your kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. Now, that takes me and you to walk in our fixed minds. And the mind that's fixed is the mind of Christ. It's the mind that's not trying to become someone. It's a mind who knows I am perfect because my father is perfect. And I am a son of my father. 
praise the Lord, you know. And as that renewal happens in your mind, you will find growing in you patience. You'll be patient with people. You'll be patient with yourself. That's a nice thing. Anybody here need to be patient with themselves? Put your hand up. You do? Yeah, praise God. So be the mind of Christ to yourself. Give yourself a talking to. King David did that. He said, come on, O oh my soul, what's the matter with you? Come on, O oh my soul, for I will yet praise the Lord, because he's good. Praise God. Is God good? Yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you this morning for your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the power of this beautiful message. I, Lord, I thank you. I can just see, Lord, joy, laughter, freedom, liberty, just flowing like a river out of this place, Lord. We just come here to party, Father. We just come here to say, oh, my God, isn't he good? Isn't he good? Isn't he good? Father, I just thank you that our peace is so unique. It's so striking that as we go about our business this week, people will be drawn to the peace that's in you. People will be drawn to the peace that's in you. People will want to talk to you, and they don't even know why they want to talk to you, you know. But you will know why they're talking to you. So this week, when you find yourself in a conversation with somebody that's surprising to you, remember the Spirit of God in you is attractive. It's like a fragrance that's drawing those who are looking for Christ. So, Father, I just thank you for that drawing power of our lives. I thank you, Lord Jesus, uh, that this world is under your dominion, and you have actually given your dominion to us, and that we go out and proclaim your dominion. So, Father, we just thank you for provision in families at this time of need, that in the kingdom there is no shortage, in the kingdom there is no lack. And so, Lord, we will live from that place. We will live every day in what we have, knowing that tomorrow will take care of itself. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will follow. And so for us to seek that righteousness is to be renewed in our minds to know that we already have it. We're not trying to establish our own righteousness, for if we do that, we will not submit to the righteousness that comes from God. Submit to the righteousness that comes from God. Christ is your life. Christ is your life. Father, we just received that word this morning, and for the healing it brings to bodies and to souls. And we thank you, Lord, just for great miracles following the preaching of your word, and the greatest miracle of all, that people will come into their right mind. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.